Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Vangie Williams, who is running for Congress in Virginia. You may recognize Vangie's name because last week, Leslie gave her a little shout out. And I do love an unprompted lead in. If I sound a little different today, if my audio is not quite right, it's because this is my first time recording in my brand new house. Well, old house, but newly moved into house. And new spaces mean figuring out how everything's going to go. We're still living out of boxes, but slowly getting settled. And the thing I'm most excited about is that I've got a new podcasting space. And that I don't have to share it with anyone unless I really want to. And for my introverted self, that is a little slice of heaven. So in doing my research on you, I feel like every fact I learned about you was like, okay, I'm going to talk to her about that. And then I'd read another paragraph and I was like, oh no, I'm going to talk to her about that. And I just kept going and going. Like you are a really interesting person, not to mention candidate. So I'm going to start with this. I'm obsessed that you call your volunteers your Vangelinas and Vangelinos. (laughs) Well, actually, they named themselves that. Um, (laughs) We were sitting having a group meeting and they were like, we got to come up with a name for ourselves. And they were like, Vangelinas. Now we all get all we have to do is start singing doo-wop and we'll be really cool. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is so unreal. (laughs) But yes, I love that. They are very um, they are very uniquely diverse group. And the Vangelinas, and I have Vangelinas and a Vangelino and senior Vangelina and a senior Vangelino. <laughs> and, and it's just really, it's a really cool group. Uh, this is actually out of all the names I've ever worked with in my entire life. This is the coolest team that I've ever been on. That is high praise. I love these people. Um, they are my family. Uh, you know, we we do actually interact way, way better than any working environment should ever be. And the laughter, the joy, you know, we all have our family out like sister brother squabbles, but they last for like 20 seconds and we move on. That's fantastic. I've clearly got a bunch of questions for you, but let's get you introduced so everybody knows who you are. Who are you and for what are you running? My name is Vanjie Williams and I'm running for the first congressional seat in the first district of Virginia. And where in the state is that located? This district runs from Prince William County down to James City over to Hanover back over to Matthews. Why did you decide to run? Well, I am the mother of six daughters and with my family, of course, having six daughters and my mother living with me, I found that our house represented the district. And I found that issues that we were having, everyone was having. But more importantly, I found that our congressman was not doing his job in helping people like me. So I felt with all my skill set and everything I was doing in my career, it was time for me to step up to the table and have a seat and make things happen for this district that just wasn't happening. And what's your day job? I am a strategic planner for a large government contractor. 
I know you've done some really cool projects. Yes. Just like give us some highlights about those. One of my favorites is actually I have two favorites and I always mention them because they were actually my two hardest jobs, but my coolest jobs. And um, one was after Space Shuttle Columbia crashed. I was working on the Hubble Space Telescope battery pack and the James Webb Space Telescope. And I was asked to help bring NASA's flight plan back into to scope. So what that entailed was me taking all of NASA's ma- major schedules and bringing them into line so that we could see them visually and get them on time. So I did that. And then my other cool job was after 9-11, I was one of the first five people hired on the team that hired 223 people that hired 69,772 airport control screeners and created two of our federal agencies, which is the TSA and the Homeland Security. Awesome job, and we did that in nine months, and um, ladies will understand this. Within that nine months, I had my daughter in the middle of the program. Oh, my gosh. So this job, albeit the coolest job in the world, we broke a U.S. record for hiring the most federal employees in the in a year, um, in the fiscal year, and we set up two agencies. And I'm so proud of what we've done. Although sometimes we have to chuckle and laugh and go, "Oh, you hired those people." Hey, <laughs> <laughs> national security. <laughs> what comes first? <laughs> I mean, that's something you could say. You are literally responsible for hiring thousands of federal employees. That is a crazy, like, notch in your belt when you're, yes. you know, out there running for office. This team that we worked on, as dynamic as the team was, some of us are still really close to each other because we worked 17-hour days mm-hmm. from that March until the January following. And... It was worth it because I know when I go into an airport, I feel a little bit secure knowing that someone doesn't have a shoe bomb or a computer bomb or what have you. They're doing a great job. And, you know, the team that we hired to bring those people on, as dynamic as they were, the skill set was unmatchable in today's standards. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we started with technology that is not around today. So very cool jobs. Yes. Very cool jobs. (laughs) So have you always been political? You know, my husband asked me that the other day. And it was really funny because I said, I think I have always been political. But I've always kept my opinion to myself because in my line of work, there were two things you never discussed, religion and politics. So for me, I always kept my opinion to myself. But I think over the last four years... I found myself becoming more engaged and understanding what was going on. And being that I had knowledge of congressional work and, you know, most of the programs I was brought on to were brought on by congressional mandates, I had to understand it. And that that had me looking, going, through my little fine glass going, you know, as a strategic planner, our government is in strategic failure, and this has to start with Congress. And Congress is where we have to start. So what has the process of running for office been like for you? It has been dynamically cool. Um, Stepping out for the first time last January, I, you know, I went into the electrical board and I said, 
I'm ready to run for Congress. And of course, they thought I was joking. And I said, no, really. <laughs> what are the steps? And, you know, I think it's not expected that a woman would step up to the plate to run for Congress. And now this was before the inauguration and this was before the Women's March. So here I am in there and they're like, oh, okay. If, if that's what you, okay, well, here's the packet. Fill out these documents, get them back to us. But that was it. I realized that there was no mechanism for training actually geared to me as a woman of color running for Congress in a red district. So I did lean on groups like um, Wellborn and Emerge. Emerge, I am an Emerge boot camp survivor. And <laughs> I have lots of Emerge sisters who are in congressional, state, and local races all over the country. And I realized something. That was where I got my help. But we, we need help from other entities. We need to make sure that people realize that women who are stepping up aren't stepping up because we are the exception. We should be the norm. You know, women represent 51% of the population, but we represent 52% of the vote. And we are not represented in state, local, and federal races. But now we are here. And we're trying to get that help. And I think that now we need to be looked at as the fighting force going forward. So right now I can say the help I did, I did not receive during the primary, I can say my Emerge sisters helped me and Emerge helped me. But going forward, I'm hoping that other entities step forward and start providing that assistance because we want it. We desire it. We're not going to shun it but we want to make sure it's there. So you're a woman of color, a progressive woman of color running in a conservative district. Yes. What in the world made you take on the challenge? Well, I find, okay, I always say I hate labels. When I grew up, my grandmother said she was a Democrat. My grandfather said he was a Republican. But I learned that there was commonalities between the two parties. And I learned that as a woman of color, that labels never helped anyone. So when, for me, running as a woman of color in a red district, I took that on as I can do this because pretty much I get along with everyone. And I find that people are, are engaging on both sides. I have actually met with and spoken with so many people on the Republican side that have flipped to the Democratic ticket to vote for me in the primary. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, 37% of our donations were coming from Republicans. That's so interesting. And, and I realized what it was is the fact that I am a moderate. I am a moderate in all senses. If there was no political party, my title would be American. And so when I'm speaking to people, I speak to them as an American to an American. And when I'm out canvassing or what have you, I wear my classic red jacket with my blue name badge. And it says, hey, I'm representing us, we the people. I'm not representing them. I'm not representing a group. I'm representing everyone. And I want them to understand that's where this country has to go for us to heal. I was wondering about your red jacket because almost every picture I see of you, you're wearing that jacket. Yes, it starts conversations. And the conversations, 99% of the time, come out really positive. Even 
on primary day. Um, I met a young woman named Dia, and she was in Prince William County, and hopefully she'll hear this. And she will, she will call in and say, yes, 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 I remember her. She walked <laughs> up, and she said, I'm from Texas. I'm a Republican. My family's Republican. Um, where do you stand on guns? Where do you stand on this? And by the time we finished the conversation, she said, oh, my gosh, you're blowing. She literally did the, you're blowing my mind. She was like, okay, let me, let me, before I go in here and vote, let me think about this. And she walked away, and she came back, and she said, I'm ready to vote. And I said, oh, cool. I said, go have fun. And she said, okay, are all Democrats like you? And I said, <laughs> I, I believe um, all Americans are like me. And she said, okay, I'll be back. She came back out, and she had her little piece of paper they give you to say Democrat or Republican. Um, to get your ballot, she said she asked them to keep it. And she came out and she said, I voted Democrat for the first time in my life. You better not let me down because I believe wow. you are our future. And that has been happening all over the district. You know, it's about people. Did you ever think about running as an independent? I did. And I realized that independents actually got no support. Yeah. whatsoever. And in fact, the last Democrat that ran in this district ran over and over and over again, and she never made it past 4% of the, of the votes. And that said a lot. You know, she wasn't even in consideration. Um, so for me, I, I said, okay, let me see where my values are. And I looked down the ticket, and I realized I had a lot of progressive values. And, you know, someone asked me early on, what are you? I said, I'm a Democrat candidate with progressive values that's fiscally responsible. Mm -hmm. I said, so what does that make me? And I said, hmm, okay, well, you're a Democrat. And I said, that's what I'm going for. And I think once we get past all the labels, I think people see me as a person, not as a red or a blue person, but as a person. And that, that is, that's, it feels so good when you, you convince yourself that the labels are no good they're no good for any party but it feels even greater when you realize as a candidate that people see that and see the integrity and the honesty behind it what has been something that has really surprised you about running for office the amount of money you have to raise yeah. <laughs> um this so for the primary we took a challenge on, and my team is, I would say, four of my leadership positions are all strategists. So for us, the strategy was, let's get out there and let's go at this outside of the box and outside of the circle that goes in the box, and let's target those areas. But at the same time, we realized that raising money as a black woman running for Congress in a red district was challenging. So the focus was on money, but the focus became strictly on votes and making sure that people knew who I was. But now that we are in the general, it's even more important that I have people realize that, yeah, I need the votes, but we need the money because my competitor started off the race with a um, with million dollars in the bank at primary. So now my, my whole drive is fundraising. Call time, call time, call time. Oh, my goodness, call time. <laughs> Every candidate's worst nightmare is call time. 
Um, but that has been my biggest challenge. And, I mean, volunteers, we are getting volunteers, um, fundraisers, um, meet and greets. I love meeting people. I love engaging with people. But money is absolutely needed for our media markets, for instance. We have three in the first district, D.C., Richmond, and Hampton. Not many other districts in the country have three media markets. Mm -hmm. So that's really expensive on its own. Yeah. So that's what my, what my biggest challenge is for going forward now. So I read about you in the primary and how going in, you were considered like, you know, basically third on the list. Yes. But then you just kind of blew them out of the water. Did you feel that coming when you were on the ground, when you were talking to people, or were you also surprised with the, the outcome? We, as, again, strategists, so while everyone was focused on one aspect of getting the word out, we took it back grassroots. We took it back to the streets. We knocked on doors. We talked. I spoke with everyone. If, if you know... I. I spoke to people in a tea party. <laughs> I spoke to people who were adamant that they would never vote Democrat and had to ask them, what have they done for you lately? So for me, it was, I'm going to tell you, it was a surprise in one particular area that we won because I focused so heavily on specific other areas that when we won that area, I literally put my hands on my face and did a Macaulay Culkin moment. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> gosh. And that picture is classic because I was like, hearing that, I literally said, we just won. In my brain, I went, we just won. Whether we had won Prince William County or not, winning that one area in the district that we never canvassed because we thought it was un, unobtainable, we stepped back and we focused, okay, so we focused on half of a county. But what we didn't realize that the half a county that we were speaking to mm -hmm. was relaying messages over to the other half of the county. Interesting. And then I also did, I went national and I asked for help nationally. And I said, I need, I know everyone across the country knows at least one or two people in the first district. And amazingly, as a genealogist in the past, I'm still a genealogist, but it's a hobby now, <laughs> I realized that a lot of people in this country who are, who are white and black, their origin started in Virginia. And a lot of them have relatives in the first district. So when you're going around and you're talking to all these people, what are the big issues that they care about the most? Um, economic, uh, the economy, yeah. um, not being able to afford housing, health care, education, um, transportation, innovation, retirement. And I've said this so many times that it's, it sounds like a rhyme in my head now. Um, people want to be able to live comfortably. I have, I have senior citizens who are on Social Security who are telling me, hey, by the 9th or the 10th of the month, I have $100 left for the rest of the month. How do you survive like this? They go work in fast food restaurants or as When you retire, you should be able to retire and not have to work a part-time job to make ends meet. Um, as a family, I know families that have a mother and a father who work, or even single parents, they find themselves to afford childcare that somebody has to get a part-time job. Or 
someone has to stay home and not work. I have teachers who have elected not to work because this, their spouse works because it's cheaper for them to stay home with their children than to do what they love, and that's teach. So I focused on economy. Second was health care. In the northern neck of Middle Peninsula, there are two issues with that, and it ties back to the economy. There is no transportation. There is no public transportation in the northern neck and middle peninsula. So to get to health care, almost impossible. So if you were paying for the ACA, you were paying for health care that you couldn't get to or it wasn't of quality that you expected. Mm -hmm. So it was like having car insurance and no car. So my focus is on Medicare for all with single with single payer, with, as, as far as under Medicare for all, I want to add dental and vision because we realize that when your dental health goes down, your overall health goes down. Mm -hmm. If you can't see, you can't work. So we want to make sure that it was all inclusive. We have to think outside of the box and not so restrictive that we miss taking care of our citizens. And last but not least, investing in our communities and our hometown heroes, making sure that enlisted military veterans, first responders, and educators can afford to do the job that they love to do without working two and three jobs to make it happen. So I, I and that's where I pull in. So it, the economy is the driving force, healthcare, transportation, the fact that we need to do a study so that we can increase commerce in the first district and reduce congestion. So it's all encompassing. It's, it's such a dynamic district that up in the, up in the northern part of the district in Prince William County, we, we know that there's transportation there, but we still need to focus on education and health care. So it all, it's an ever, ever looping circle. I call it the, um, the circle of life or the circle of the first district. It just keeps going back in a circle. Everybody has the same issues. And they want to know why Rob Whitman hasn't helped them. So how can people get involved with your campaign? Definitely go to my website, vangieforcongress.com. Sign up to be a volunteer, to be a phone banker, to hold fundraisers, to do meet and greets, to knock on doors with me, donate. All of these things help campaigns. And by all means, I want you to do all that, but I also want everyone to go out and tell their friends, share the Facebook page, share the Twitter page, share the website, because knowledge is key in this situation. And we were surprised how many people just in the primary did not know that we had a primary, mm -hmm. and second, did not know that we had a woman in the race, and third, did not know that we had a woman of color in the race. So you look at that. The fact that I won proved that I got that message out. So now we need to make sure everyone in the district knows, everyone across the country knows, because it's important to us in the first district that, that they, we have a candidate that represents the people and not corporations or the first or the top 1% the top of the country. We need to be represented as the people. So one last question here. Yes, what is one piece of advice that you might have for a woman who is thinking about running for office? Read. Understand your district and take training all together. It's one big 
understanding what you're doing is so key and making sure that you understand what it entails. And that's why I suggest that women take training with Emerge or Emily's List. Just learn all that you can learn and get involved. Get involved with the different individual groups, um, the Democratic Party, the huddles. Get involved. And especially if you're a woman of color, get involved and know your community and not assume that you know the answers. That's my piece of advice. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Thank you. And that's it for today. Thanks to Vanjie Williams for talking with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at VangieForCongress.com, and I will spell that for you. It is V-A-N-G-I-E-F-O-R Congress. She's also on Facebook at Vangie Williams for Congress 2018, and you can find her on Twitter at at Vangie, the number four, Congress. You can find She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. And take a second to go rate us on Apple Podcasts. It'll help give the show a boost so that more people can find it. And if, like my dad, you prefer Google Play, you can also find the show there. Apparently, it's very easy to use. Um, that's it. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.